3: Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, breaking news from the NFL, and uh, this one is a doozy. We are just learning now from the Cleveland Browns that Deshaun Watson is undergoing season-ending shoulder surgery. That's it for the season on Deshaun Watson. Here was the statement from the Browns is that he underwent an MRI on Monday on two different injuries, Perloff, that were sustained on different plays <laughs> in the first half of uh, the big win over the Baltimore Ravens. So, imaging on the left ankle revealed a high ankle sprain. Then, post game, Watson notified the medical staff of a new discomfort in his right shoulder. I'm reading now after he felt uh, that he felt after a hit in the first half. An MRI of the right shoulder revealed a displaced fracture to the glenoid. Despite performing at a high level and finishing the game after consultation with Browns head physician James Voss and industry-leading shoulder specialist Neil Elitrosh, it has been determined that this injury will require immediate surgical repair Mm. to avoid further structural damage. Deshaun will be placed on season-ending injured reserve and a full recovery is expected for the start of the 2024
1: season. Oh, man. Wow. Man.
3: That is a big one. I mean, the Browns just went to 6-3, and Off of the win over the Ravens. And not only that, guys, he got hit in the first half. We saw him leave early with the ankle. He was perfect in the second half. He was 14 for 14. Did not miss a throw. We talked about how it was like a a bit of a tale of two halves for Deshaun. And that maybe the second half looked more like what he did at the Texans than any other game he had played for the Browns. And was this the start of something? And it ends just like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was still... If you watch the game, your concern was obviously the leg. He was on one he, one time he went out of bounds and started hopping around on one leg. He clearly was in a lot of pain. I'm shocked at this. I think he missed he missed about four games with the shoulder injury. I have not seen the connection to the earlier shoulder injury that he hurt twice. Once he yeah. whatever the original injury was. Then remember the shot where he got concussed and everyone said it wasn't a concussion? Yeah. He heard a shoulder on that play too. So that guy's been taking wear and tear. Uh, I, I worry about this too. It's like a pitcher of a quarterback with multiple shoulder injuries is really scary. I know Drew Brees came back and had a hall of fame career after his, but this seems like, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is headed in one direction and that's injured. Now all the other stuff, I understand the the background of Deshaun Watson, but this makes the investment look even dicier for the Browns. It's going to go down. It's already going down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. One of the worst contracts in NFL history If he does not, I I cannot believe that it'll be full strength next year. I mean, even if he is, how many games do you trust him for? You better sign a high-end backup because right now, fragility is the number one on-the-field issue for
3: him. Great point. It's been nothing but disappointments with this contract since the moment that they traded for him and signed it. And just when you thought it was about to turn the corner, just when you thought maybe this thing's going to be salvageable, we're talking about... How many teams are going to make the playoffs in the AFC North? Will it be all four? Who's going to get left out? You know, the Browns were looking like, first of all, they do have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And, man, if Deshaun could only play like Deshaun, look out, this team's going to be so ferocious. And just it just gets snatched away. And your backup quarterbacks of Dorian Thompson-Robinson and P.J. Walker, I don't think give you a ton yeah. of confidence right now.
1: I mean, Walker did beat the Niners in the rain. And- That's true. Walker, I'm looking at the game log. They beat the Colts 39-38. So Walker's won some games, but they were ready to bench him because he played so poorly against Seattle for DTR. Yeah, this is a bad situation. I blame the front office, too. They they knew Watson was hurt. They could have traded, got Jacoby Brissett back in the building. They could have made a move at the trade deadline. They could have signed Carson Wentz, who's now with the Rams. I don't know who's still out there, but it seems too late. They probably, because Watson was hurt the entire first half of the season. Why not bring in a veteran unless you believe in PJ Walker? And I'm sorry, I love PJ Walker, Temple guy, but no.
3: Well, the other part is, remember the weird messaging around the shoulder? And it was like, you know, no one could get on the same page. Did he bench himself? Did the team bench? You know, did he take himself out of a game rather? Uh, Did the team want to do that? Was everyone on the same page? You're right. It seems like they would be connected. Now, the statement is saying that this happened on a separate play in the first half against the Ravens, but you'd have to think that the the shoulder was already compromised at least a bit, and then you have this, a broken bone. I've never heard of a glenoid before. We're constantly learning of new terms as yeah. <laughs> sports talk radio people we have to basically be a part-time nurse. <laughs> yeah. be, you have to have a really good understanding of the human body to do this job, even though we're not doctors. This one, I've never heard of a glenoid.
1: Yeah. You immediately, you think torn labrum. Yep. So they, they play the Steelers this week. The Steelers could go to seven and three with a completely non-impressive win again. <laughs> no. uh, this, we did the debate, I think last week, which AFC North team falls out of the playoff race. I think you have to change your answer now and you have to say the Browns.
3: I had said the Steelers. I would like to officially change that yeah. to now the Browns, which is a shame because it's another it's a it's a wasted year with this great defense.
1: I mean it's not done done. They That's are true. six and three and the Steelers will play anybody ugly. So PJ Walker could I just wish they had brought in Brissett back.
3: So here's the rest of the way, the schedule for the Browns, again. The division is hard, but the rest of the schedule is not insane. So maybe we should maybe the sky's not falling as much. You got Pittsburgh, obviously, this weekend. That's tough. Then you're at Denver, although Denver's, they are playing better, you know, Uh, at the L.A. Rams. Who knows the status of Stafford? That's a mediocre team. You play Jacksonville at home.
1: Jacksonville, not great on the road, I don't think. Or maybe they're not great at home. Anyway, Jacksonville is vulnerable (laughs) right now.
3: Chicago. At home, you're at Houston, which now looks like remember that was gonna be like a huge game now for wild card implications. Uh, and then the New York Jets, you finish out the season at the Cincinnati Bengals. There are in theory, there are wins on this on this schedule. Still. Yeah.
1: They have the 20 second strength of schedule and the next closest is something like ninth in the AFC North. Everyone else has a tough schedule. It's just tough to imagine. It's tough to imagine because I think you get PJ Walker. Or Dorian Thompson-Robinson. The other team's going to game plan against those limited quarterbacks. You don't have Nick Chubb. Maybe it's just a lost season.
3: Oh, man. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. You are welcome to call to weigh in. Do you think the Browns still have a shot here? I mean, again, it's a great defense. Miles Garrett. I mean, these guys are awesome. Jim Schwartz, great defensive coordinator. And now on the offensive side, can a backup quarterback Continue to steer the ship here in the way it seemed like it was going. Again, Deshaun had a brilliant second half against the Ravens going 14 for 14. Meanwhile, he was doing it all with a broken bone. Uh, boy, 855, 2 for CBS. We also have the great debate series happening today because it is a Wednesday. This stops for nobody. Our great debate today the greatest game winners. In sports history, the walk-offs, the buzzer beaters, the the moments that we're never going to forget. Reset it quickly. I picked Brandi Chastain's penalty kick in the 1999 Women's World Cup. It was a crowd of 90,000 people. It was watched by 19 million people on television. It inspired multiple generations of young girls when she kicked that PK. Ripped off her shirt, sports bra, celebrating. It was a sign of women's empowerment. It was iconic, and uh, and that's why it is number one for me. Perloff,
1: I went with the Immaculate Reception. Uh, I've spent many hours listening to people argue if there was instant replay, did the ball touch the ground? Franco Harris touchdown. But it also, greatest nickname in sports history, Immaculate Reception. Steelers set them up for a dynasty. By the way, we could have done a bunch of anti-Cleveland ones in this.
3: I'm glad <laughs> we didn't now yeah. because that would I be like was, I, was, I actually
1: had to look at it. has been a tough week for Cleveland. What if one of us had done the drive oh or the fumble? Uh, but no, I went with Immaculate Reception.
4: Well, speaking of anti-Cleveland, uh, I yeah, did with Jordan with the shot over Craig e. Lowe in 1989, Game 5 of the Eastern Conference first round
0: and anti-Cleveland, because that was also going to be my pick. (laughs) But I went with Lawrence Tynes, kicking the Giants into the Super Bowl. It was
1: important to me, damn it.
3: (laughs) There you go. 855-212-4CBS. Let's hear what was important to you. Mike is in San Diego. A quick correction for me, Mike, and you're you're right on. What do you have?
2: Uh, The Joe Carter home run was not Jack Buck, Maggie. It was Tom
3: Cheek. You're right. Bad job out of me. Thought it was Jack Buck. It wasn't. Jack Buck was Kirby Puckett. You're right, Tom. What else you got?
4: Uh, how about the one I never get old hearing, Vince Scully. Little roller down the first baseline. he <laughs> gets by Buckner. Uh,
3: it's so good. Mike, thank you so much for the phone call. Who
1: is Tom Cheek, by the way? I don't remember that guy. Is he related to Mo Cheeks?
3: I don't know. Let's hear how it sounded for my Mets. Bye.
1: 10th inning. Can you believe this ball game of Shea?
4: Oh, brother. Three and two to Mookie Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag! It gets through Buckner!
1: Here comes Knight and the Mets win it!
3: There you go. And then winning the World Series was just felt like a formality at that point with the Game 7. Uh, let's go to Nick is in Boise. Hey, Nick, how are you? Nick. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nathan. Oh, Nathan. Good morning, Nathan. Yeah. I'm sorry. It says Nick here. Yeah. Yeah, That's my
2: first time I've ever called a radio
3: show. And we got your name wrong. I mean, we're really, <laughs> we're over one. What else <laughs> you got? About that. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: okay. Um, my uh, 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 biggest one was the Kirk Gibson home run. Uh, we were driving home from the mountains, listening to the radio, and uh, that was the most tense moment i've ever heard i've seen some of those others the latiner shots the uh you know the other ones but that one just sticks out in my mind as being uh, one of
3: the greatest nick let's walk off home run let's all know. hear it together here it is
1: gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field this is gonna be a home run
0: unbelievable a home run Hello. for gibson and the dodgers have won the game five to four i don't believe what i just
3: saw fantastic call an all-time call an all-time moment and then the fist pump double from Mm. gibson as he's rounding the bases the tommy lasorda jumping out of the dugout looking like a bowling ball
1: i mean not to bring it back to deshaun watson but it was a one-legged performance and to do that without injury is insane it was game one though that is the only thing that makes it.
3: I think the, the only World argument against so it
1: is a World Series, but is it does it beat Robbie Thompson or does it beat Bill Mazeroski to walk off and like walk off into the parade? Yeah. That's pretty cool too.
3: Yeah, I mean we've got some other you know, yours is the divisional round. You know the Immaculate yeah, reception. Yeah, EJ's a was
1: first, a
4: first
3: round. Matchup. First round. Carlos's was the uh, the NFC Championship game in '07. Uh,
1: has there been a Super Bowl that ended was the Vinatieri field goal with zero time left? I and, think both of the Super Bowls they won, I believe, ended on zeros.
4: Yep.
3: Yeah, oh, did
1: those end on zeros? Okay.
4: Yeah.
3: Malcolm Butler at the goal line was not zero. Yeah, they still had to go back. Uh, like there was still more time in the game. Yeah, I just watched.
1: It was twenty five seconds yeah. left because there was time to hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. That's why I knew right. it wasn't one player sure, bus. Sure. So, Vinatieri against the Rams was 0
3: Yes. That was a 0. I believe that I'm was a 0 i almost certain
1: zero. it was 0, zero yeah. That's pretty good.
3: There. That's amazing.
1: That's not too these bad. Are,
3: these are all That'll amazing. get you
1: in the Hall of Fame for Adam Vinatieri.
3: Oh, for sure. Eight five five two one two four cbs Eight five five we have got more. Guys, keep them coming. The greatest game winners of all time. It does feel a little cruel to be doing this on the same day that we learned that Deshaun Watson is going to be undergoing Season-ending shoulder surgery. I know that's all the Browns want is to see their Brownies win the Super Bowl. And now they just got further and further away because this Deshaun Watson contract has been, quite frankly, the the trade and the contract had just been bad. And now he's just when you were starting to turn the corner in the second half of that Ravens game, they come out with a big win. They move to 6-3. and They're neck and neck with everyone in the AFC North and now he has to have season-ending surgery. Not good. Terrible, terrible luck for the Browns. 855-2124-CBS. And keep it coming with the greatest game winners of all time. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead.
1: (laughs) Carlos, what's going on with you today? Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. (laughs) Carlos has gone from pro wrestling calls to something else to now (sighs) Cleveland Browns, REM. By the way, do you really want to add insult to injury Guess who the Browns had on their roster preseason? You might have forgotten already because two trades ago, Josh Dobbs. Oh,
0: of course.
1: Was backing up Deshaun coming into the year. They're another team that doesn't have this Josh Dobbs saving the season. Oh, would that have worked out? But Maggie, you'll be like to know the guess who the hot name on Twitter is to bring in. Who's just sitting there? Colt McCoy? Not Colt McCoy. I think a little better.
3: Who's sitting there?
1: Who's at home?
3: Well, first we should tell people, unfortunately, if you're just tuning in, Deshaun Watson is undergoing season-ending shoulder surgery, which is why we're trying to solve the issue at the Browns quarterback position. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a backup. P.J. Walker as a backup. A fantastic defense, maybe the best in the NFL. And you have Deshaun, who is coming off of the best second half Best half of football, off that he has put together since he was traded to the Browns. He was 14 for 14. He was doing it all with a broken bone in his shoulder and also a high ankle sprain. But he's going to have the surgery on the shoulder. His season is done. I mean, if you're a Browns fan, you just have to put your head in your hands.
1: You guys want to take a guess? who is Who are people floating for the Tom Browns? Tom Brady. Yes. Oh. Brady oh, is man. everywhere now.
3: <laughs> that would be, That'd be insane. quite a twist.
1: That'd be insane. And for him, because you don't want to go into the AFC North. I know they have kind of an easy schedule, but it feels like Deshaun Watson was taking huge hits on that team. If I'm Brady and I'm forty seven years old, forget it.
3: Yeah, we said Deshaun wasn't moving well. I mean he was like a sitting duck in there at times. I yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a but, good but idea. Let's be real
1: though.
4: I mean, Tom Brady, there's almost there's nothing he can do to further cement his legacy except <laughs> win, a World, win a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns. For the Browns. Yeah. yeah. And he, he comes w- out of retirement yeah. mid season joins the Cleveland Browns and wins a Super Bowl. He then gets catapulted to maybe the greatest athlete ever. I, I mean, he already
1: First of all, he already is I in some people's mind, but he definitely jumps over LeBron because, you know, right. LeBron is from Akron. He's not even from Cleveland, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh my
3: God. (laughs) But the Brady thing,
1: the Brady would be a one up, but he's not the one who's, nobody cares about LeBron versus Brady. It's all LeBron versus Jordan. Now, if Jordan came back and helped Cleveland win a Bowl, that'd be significant. We're getting
3: in the weeds here. The idea of seeing Tom Brady in a Browns Jersey, people would think this is like a fake deep fake, like an internet, you know. It, one of the
2: alternate universes that EJ
3: saw. Yeah, about. like go. this a, 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 multiverse. An artificial intelligence somehow came up with this. It's not real.
1: But he did go to the Bucks. It's not like that going from the Patriots to the Bucs was imaginable before it happened.
3: You think that the Bucks and the Browns of the same reputation? The Browns Close. are one of the saddest organizations, synonymous with losing. The Bucks are just, you know, either they have won sort of recently, I guess, in the last twenty years, and they're a little bit more irrelevant. The Browns are extremely relevant. But also very cursed.
1: Bucks were on a, a, a huge playoff drought coming before Tom Brady. I think the Bucks and the Lions are, and the Bengals and, are the three losing his franchise. It's not the Browns. The Browns have been elite. I, I think the Bucks are bigger losers than anyone. No, the Creamsicles, they had the worst season for a long time. Yeah, they the were Yucks, the...
3: of course. But I mean, if you're thinking about which team is synonymous with, with bad luck, with bad luck, cursed. Losses, quarterback, right. carousels. I mean, there's a reason why there's that t shirt that just has all the Browns quarterbacks listed on it. What do like, you
1: think the worst franchise though in everybody's mind is? Do you think it's
3: I think people probably say the, maybe the Lions by reputation. Lions. But the Browns Cardinals, also bangles. went winless.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But winless the Browns season. have Browns have a lot of championships before the Super Bowl. I, I think you're right. No, Tom Brady in a Browns uniform sounds ludicrous, but it didn't really make sense for him to go to Tampa Bay either. I think it's an interesting opportunity because you read their schedule. It was not killer defenses. Maybe okay. maybe Tom looks at this and says, you know, I can put up a good 240 <laughs> against the Bears and walk away with a playoff win here.
3: Okay, but here's the thing. Brady also had a whole offseason. I know it was a COVID offseason, so it was weird. No. But an offseason, at least with the receivers, he's going to – as much as I love a, a Brady comeback – conspiracy this one's even too much for me so oh, i know. browns play pittsburgh then at denver at the rams home jacksonville home chicago Ooh. at houston home jets yeah i'm like at cincinnati
1: i'm liking some of those matchups and disliking others forget the jets you want no part of that but you can let dorian thompson <laughs> robinson take that spot. <laughs> denver someone's i'm sorry your bills lost to denver but yeah. i think you can move the ball in denver Tom should get in there.
3: <laughs> Tom, what are you doing, man? Off the couch. It's time. The Browns need you. This is sad, though, for Browns fans. I do I do feel for them because, you know, just more bad luck. 855-212-4CBS. Now, going from losers to winners, we've been talking about the greatest game winners of all time. That is our great debate series for today. Our pal Ryan in Santa Barbara is up early. Hey, Ryan, how are you?
5: Hey, guys. How you doing?
3: Fantastic. How's the wine tour business?
4: (laughs) It's good. Um, You guys... uh, Tom Brady... (laughs) The only time you would see Tom Brady in a brown jersey would be his face painted, and it would be Halloween. (laughs)
3: Uh, (laughs) Tom Brady is the dog pound (laughs) for a Halloween costume. It's funny.
4: Uh, But the greatest... uh, Come on, this the greatest game winner was, you know, number 87, the catch, the game-winning touchdown reception in the 1981 NFC Championship game played between
3: the Dallas Cowboys and the eventual Super Bowl winners, 49ers. And you want to who know the tie-in? Guess, here. guess who attended that game as a young boy? Thomas uh, Edward Brady. Let's hear it
0: six yards away from Pontiac third and three we'll see a pickup
4: sometime on the right side possibly Montana looking looking
3: throwing in the end zone Clark caught it! Dwight Clark! amazing oh, I love it Brian never gets it. old so glad to hear no. from you pal thanks for checking yeah. in and giving us that good one uh cheers you got it Vince Scully on that one too
1: yeah, I I like the ones where it kind of launches a dynasty. That certainly falls into that category. Beat the big bad Cowboys, mind the immaculate reception, and the EJ's with MJ over ELO. I think launching and uh, yours in a way too with Brandi Chastain launching the U.S. women's soccer dominance. If it's the beginning, this buzzer beater sort of unfolds into a historical epic of dominance, then that's pretty cool. Important question, I think, on the Dwight Clark play.
3: Yes,
4: greater throw, greater catch.
3: Yep, that's been one of them, right?
4: Like like. I think it's a greater throw. Back foot, too tall Jones, who's like a million feet tall. Too tall, <laughs> literally too tall, and you throw a, a a dime.
3: Oh, is are you saying it should be called the throw?
4: No, yeah, I'm asking, is it a greater throw or a greater, a greater
3: catch? catch? I mean, because it's called the catch, I think it probably gets remembered as a great catch. But I mean, it's there Montana. There's so many
4: catches. I feel like that always. The, 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 the throw always ends up kind of getting forgotten. I think that Ben Roethlisberger yeah, to Santonio. San Antonio Holmes, yeah. he threw a laser to the corner and the only spot you could have thrown it and then we think Antonio Holmes catch.
3: Yeah, because of the tippy-toe and falling out. Right. Yeah.
4: Yeah, like, you know, Eli Manning, we kind of do remember him escaping, but even that,
1: we still think of helmet.
4: Like, yeah, it's
3: the helmet catch. Right. David yeah, but Tyree.
1: Like the Hail Mary and the David Tyree catch and uh, any kind of Hail Mary, you can't say the quarterback made a great throw. Hail Marys, I think, are different. I think... That throw I mean, that's not a like Hail Mary. That's yeah, yeah in the yeah. red
4: zone. You're rolling to your right and you have a six foot nine guy <laughs> literally in your face. And you I don't know how you even saw Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone.
3: You wanna know what's funny? I think maybe it's because it's not like we're shortchanging Joe Montana. You know, it's that's not true. like he got lost in history and we're like, Oh yeah, remember who threw that? Like we revere Joe Montana. So he still gets the flowers all the time.
5: It's also if you've seen it. 100 times 99 times you've seen the shot from the back of the end zone and all you see is dwight clark That's going true. up and catching it like i don't even i can't i think i understand what the play looks like from the snap in the normal camera but that that play is shown to you as the catch you're right giving you notes on the process montana's throw
3: it is like the end zone camera view. yeah you're right about that that probably plays a role speaking of controversial throws chris is in boise has got a good one. Hey, Chris, how are you?
4: I'm good. How about yourself?
3: We're great. What do you got?
4: How about the Oakland Raiders and the San Diego Chargers with the Holy Roller?
3: Uh-huh. What? The forward pass? Was it a fumble? Here's what it sounded like. The crowd takes up a chant of defense. Robisky and Bannazak
2: are the back. Slot right. Branch inside. Bradshaw. Stabler back. Here comes the rush. He sidesteps. Can he throw? He can't. The ball. Flip forward is low. a wild scramble, two seconds on the clock. Casper grabbing the ball. Get his roll to fumble. Casper has recovered in the end zone. The open raiders have scored on the most scenic. Unbelievable absolutely impossible dream of a play. Madden is on the field. He wants to know if it's real.
3: They said, yes, get your big butt out of here. He does. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Chris, it's so good. Thank you for bringing that up. Good to hear from you. I love it.
1: The seventies had the better nicknames for plays. The Holy Roller Ghost to the posts, sea of hands, all that stuff. And uh, when I was at NFL films, every one of them gets their own half hour special. That, that to me, like, you don't get that anymore. What, are the, what do we call the Malcolm well, Butler
4: No, we have Nick-
3: Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah. For a case to Stefan Diggs.
4: We only okay. name Fights now. So, like, you know, what was the and Mal- <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: gosh. Isn't that a sad commentary on it, where mean, we look, are?
4: It, I mean, it is what it is, right?
1: Uh. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't think the iconic nicknames of our youth are still around. Music City Miracle was good. You need the right alliteration. <laughs> That's why the Minneapolis Miracle wasn't quite as good, because you already had the Music City Miracle.
3: Yeah, yes, it's,
4: it's, I know. It's, it's crazy. We've <laughs> we had some incredible games and incredible plays. I mean, the Chris how the Chris Jenkins shot it hasn't been named something is crazy. I mean, yeah. won a national championship.
3: And also, you've got, like, good things there. You've got – that you could rhyme with. Nova, Wildcats. Mm. Like, there's things you could rhyme.
5: Yeah, I mean, the Tyree catch has no name. The Helmet Catch. No, the Helmet Catch. Yeah, but that's, not a, that's but, not, not, it's not a good name. No. I was a little surprised. Uh,
3: that's what it was, though. He caught right. it off it's the just, helmet. That's
5: just a description of it. like but it the needs, it needs a reception,
4: name. Like, you would never know what that meant that's until true. you watched it. Helmet Catch, you can kind of think, oh, I guess he pinned it on his helmet. Like, it's very <laughs> Maybe
3: People think it got stuck right in his yeah, helmet. It's
4: kind of like, like the nicknames we have with players now, like KG, KP, <laughs> AD. They're all just yeah. like, oh, okay, a guy's initials. Like we it's not don't Dr. Have... Duncan Yeah, right.
1: But, yeah, I mean listen like see of hands those things are all cool what is what's a more give me one in the last 10 years that is really sticking there's nothing anymore because they used all the good ones back in 1985 <laughs> miracle on out. ice mirror i mean oh uh, no
3: i it's... i mean i and eagle gave a big jaw. moran dunk the jawbreaker that was pretty cool yeah but it wasn't like a memorable moment yeah. uh let's no, back we, to we don't you do on that, that anymore Bogish is here with headlines. So, what's the, is there a memorable name for a play of the last 10 years? I think I gave you Minneapolis Miracle, but Bogish.
1: The other thing, too, some people call it the Minnesota Miracle. It's pretty complicated.
3: <laughs> yes, it's extremely complicated. Minnesota or Minneapolis, what are we calling it? Uh, So I'm not
5: rooting for injury, but there is some justice in the Browns getting limited return on Deshaun Watson's ridiculous, fully guaranteed contract. The QB, as you've heard, undergoing season-ending shoulder surgery, a crack in his right shoulder detected after Sunday's win over the Ravens. The team says Watson should be fully healed for next season. Meanwhile, Brown's running back, Nick Chubb, just had his second scheduled left knee surgery. This one repaired his ACL. The first one came after a September injury in Pittsburgh and fixed his MCL meniscus and other parts. Now, before the Watson News, this was the lead story this morning.
2: Ant did not have... Oh! Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson are throwing punches at one another. they got to be separated. Now someone's got Rudy in a headlock. It's Draymond. Someone get that dude in a headlock.
5: Uh, that's Alan Horton on <laughs> T-Wolves Radio, speaking from most of America. That melee or Brook or fracas began just 143 into last night's Warriors-T-Wolves game. It started with Klay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels. It ended with Draymond's arm around Rudy Gobert's neck, and he would not let go. All three players ejected. Then Minnesota won 104-101 for a seven-game win streak. The Sixers' eight-game run ending With a 132-126 home loss to the Pacers, Nikola Jokic had 32 points, 16 boards, 9 assists. In the Nuggets, 111-108 decision over the Clippers. L.A. has now dropped 6 in a row, the last 5 with James Harden. The Pels snapping their 5-game skid, 131-110 over the Mavs. And the Thunder routed the Spurs, 123-87. OKC had 19 steals, 7 from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Who also scored 28 at the Champions Classic in Chicago? Top ranked Kansas fought off number 17, Kentucky, 89 84. Michigan transfer Hunter Dickinson, 27 points and 21 boards. In LA, number 16, USC, took a 70 60 tumble. Against UC Irvine, the Anteaters getting 25 points from Justin Hahn. The college football playoff rankings now begin with Georgia, then Ohio State, Michigan, and FSU. The Bulldogs jumping the Buckeyes after beating Ole Miss and Mizzou. Uh, Maggie, since Perloff's not here right now, I can ask you this finally. Uh, Why does he walk so oddly and uh, I'm not the only one asking this question. He walks around every break. I know he's a lot of walking. He does like a it. lot, of, and he's a
0: strange walker too. By the way, it's a very strange like, walk. Like what do you mean? Uh, you have to see it. I do know. see it, and I'm not. I'm not sure if I could pinpoint look, it. Look, yeah, look you at the foot placement. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's uh, duck feet.
2: Yeah, the duck feet. Yeah, it's not pigeon toed. It's duck feet it's the other way. So they're like they're, they're like outward. Out. Yeah. yeah, and then he's and he swings his right arm.
5: Uh, so that's Boomer and <laughs> yeah. Greg Giannotti, Fair. Al Dukes on WFAs and Morning Show. Do you want to waddle the microphone and explain yourself?
1: No, I have famous duck feet.
3: Are they yeah. famous?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. People didn't make fun of me for that for a long, long time.
3: Uh, that's so funny. I yeah. actually haven't really noticed it. But it's funny that they notice that you walk around in every break because you'd have to be walking around to notice that you're but walking I don't,
5: around.
1: <laughs> I never see Boomer walking around. So how would he know I that? think
5: they can see you out there... Studio window Oh That's oh, yeah,
1: true Because you walk
4: oftentimes to That water Water Cooler <laughs> yeah, so yeah It's just it that, like A mental break Right
1: I didn't yeah. know People were I,
4: I, I, I
3: People are Breaking their necks Looking around For pearl mm-hmm. off
1: I, I don't like When people are Watching me Doing random things Like <laughs> If you ever Want to make you mad Come up to me The worst thing If you're eating A sandwich Someone comes up to you Hey Eating a tuna sandwich Oh That's the worst Feeling in the world And now that I know These guys on the The break room Are watching me I'm gonna avoid That side of the Uh
4: you can't go anywhere in this
3: place, by the way, without them. Know, without them knowing about it.
4: By the way, you're not the only person with duck feet on the show. Who else? Me. Oh. <laughs> I've like been told my entire life. In fact, when I played high school basketball, our coach, one of my, his nickname was Happy Feet. For me because like a penguin.
1: <laughs> oh. The way
3: yeah. oh my goodness. That would, that would count for bullying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I hated it by the way. There's yeah. science that pigeon toed people are better athletes. Sprinters are always pigeon toed duck feet slow you down for some reason. Yes. I think it's obvious.
3: wind resistance <laughs> in your feet. I always noticed that I thought athletes some walk on their toes and I always felt like that probably strengthens their calves uh-huh. and then do that for right. 25 years or and their mm. awesome
5: calves lead to them walking like that.
3: Oh, maybe they're just so strong. Right. It just lifts the heel mm-hmm. up.
1: Can I by the way I maybe I'm changing the topic here but I have a question I was going to ask the, during that Minnesota Golden State fight yeah. You guys know you've known Carl Anthony Towns a long time,
3: right? I first interviewed him when he was in high school.
1: Why is he so soft? Why did he not take Come a on. swing at Draymond? Why is he seven feet tall, three hundred pounds? Why is I the highlight was on TV? Carl Anthony Towns. He's trying <laughs> so Draymond Green has his guy, Rudy Gobert, in a chokehold. So Carl Anthony Towns loses his mind, is pulling on the wrong arm. He's pulling on Rudy Gobert's arm. Yeah. Why does he just punch Raymond Green in the face? I, I love that setup, by the way. I can't get over that. It's
4: like you know, it's like the Stephen A. joke. It's like you know, Maggie. You know, you're a dear good friend with calling FD Towns, right?
1: Yeah. Why, why is he suck? Why is he the worst? Well, I actually was thinking you too, EJ. But you know, he's going to be a Nick someday. Oh, so this why? guy better not ever put on a
4: Nick. Oh, more. he's going like, to be. This a is Knick.
1: exactly why
4: he should never be a Nick. I don't right. think Thibodeau will love this crap, to be honest.
3: No, and yeah. Tippett will be like, I can toughen him up. No, no, no. He, he
1: should wins. be I a dominant know. NBA center, and he's just has never been that player.
3: I, I just, th- for this one, we're asking, like, are you sick of the Draymond antics? Because, again, now he's going to put his team in a bad situation. Pearl, if you mentioned, it's not like they have this amazing depth on their team. They're still figuring out these young guys really trying to take the torch from, you know, Curry and Thompson and Draymond. It's not, it has not been perfect, Wiggins. But now you put yourself in an even tougher position. And I feel like the Draymond stuff is just so – it's getting so lame at this point. Now, sticking up for a teammate, fine, but putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold seems a bit excessive.
5: And not letting go.
3: Not letting go even though – The length
5: of it's the problem for me.
3: You're totally right, Bogish. And, like, Steve Kerr is imploring him, just let go, just let go, and he won't do it. It's like he totally snapped. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, to me, that's just, like – that's, like – crappy tough guy stuff that's I mean to me, cool
4: steve kerr he he deserves culpability because yeah. in the moment he knows what he's doing is wrong and in the post game he's like well he had to because you know rudy gobert has arms around Klay thompson's neck which wasn't close to remotely being true yeah and it kind of tells the story of the Draymond green experience which is i think the warriors encourage him to act crazy and do this stuff well, and I, I think they the encourage Poole but moment, they don't
3: they don't ever there's no repercussions
4: oh i, I think at this point i think that the Jordan Poole moment, I think, was a watershed moment, which is why it was such a big deal. Like, yeah. They have been totally fine with this other stuff, and they said, okay, wow, this is the first time he actually hurt one of our guys, and maybe this is the line. And then we realized it wasn't, because they really kind of didn't suspend him. They brought him back. They gave, gave him, him an tons extension. of money. <laughs> they told
5: Jordan Poole, get lost. Right, they yeah. didn't like Jordan Poole. Right. It was it's like, like, who
3: leaked this tape? It's like, is that the first question we're asking out of this, yeah, or is it why did you punch it. him?
5: But here's the thing.
1: In the old NBA, there'd be enforcers. Karl-Anthony Towns was too afraid to punch Draymond because he didn't want to hurt his right hand and get his three-point percentage down. (laughs) Where is the enforcers? There were five T-wolves who had a free shot. That is a rare thing in life. You could have punched Draymond, the most annoying player in the NBA, square in the chin, and knocked him out for half the season. And you said, nah, I'm not going to do that. But To be honest,
4: I think that says a lot about what the T-wolves think of. Rudy Gobert, who has also been a Ma, pariah on heavy. his team <laughs> and punched Kyle Anderson last year. Yeah. Like, I, and, you know, there's a lot of questions about can Carl T. Towns and Rudy Gobert fit and can they work together and that one of those guys eventually has to get traded, maybe both of them. And if you're Carl Anthony Towns, it was him or I, in that moment, maybe he thought, ah, Rudy Gobert, hmm. Eh. Well, he's clearly, out for a couple games, is a fine.
3: Listen, you, and listen, they've been teammates much longer and been through much more together. But you saw Draymond, as much as I dislike the behavior, someone's coming at Klay Thompson. He's flying into it to right. protect a teammate. You did exactly. not see that. I feel weird kind of, you know, disparaging Carl Anthony Towns, not just because I interviewed him before. <laughs> I'm his godmother. <laughs> and, and it's not even like that.
1: I've
3: interviewed him like four times. It's like nothing. But... Because, like in theory, he, he did not escalate the situation. Draymond escalated. It feels weird for me to criticize somebody for acting uh, like a, an adult.
5: And what does the punch if he if he punches Draymond Green? Yes. and shy of breaking his hand, but gets suspended for five, six, seven, ten games. What is for whom? For you? For well, everybody. For, for the NBA, for, for the reputation. other 29 teams I in the NBA who want to
4: punch Draymond. I think that's a team, the Timberwolves, that you look at them and you, you think they're soft. You think that they don't have mental toughness. And I think that Draymond Green doing this in part was because he felt like he can bully them. Okay, he was wait. talking trash to Anthony Edwards the game before.
3: But think about it, right? The whole thing about the NBA, and this has been for a while, and has been trying to get away from this sort of image that guys are out of control. And the Malice of the Palace was maybe the worst example of this. That was 30 years ago. I understand. The dress code, which was v- vague and weird yeah. and coded and all that stuff. Like, they've been trying. This is, there's a reason why guys are, dre- I think, dressing like they're walking off a catwalk. It, you know, they want to project an image of, I don't know, not not punching guys. Whatever the o- opposite of that. Finesse, skill, not, you know, fights.
1: Well, I think Draymond, if Draymond's going to do this, then I think the rest, I I think the T-Wolves came off soft last night. And Rudy Gobert is so soft. Nobody likes him. He's obviously probably one of the top 10 most disliked NBA players. There was that COVID thing where he touched everyone's microphone, and he always finds a banana peel, but still... Someone's got to step up. You know who would have took it a swing? Do you guys remember Sam Mitchell, the coach there? He's now on NBA <laughs> yes. TV. Oh, he yeah. was the toughest dude. He That would never fly well, with Pat a guy Beverly like that. Pat Beverly
3: probably would have taken a swing. He used oh. to be on the Timberwolves. He might have done it.
1: Yeah, but Pat Beverly is more like a, you know, he's Trash a talks. smaller, annoying guy. Yeah. You need, you know, I think you got to fight fire with fire. If the NBA goes out light on Draymond, then the rest of the teams have to, have to act accordingly. No, I mean...
3: Dylan Brooks probably would have punched him. I mean, there's guys who are actually. In some ways, like, the
4: NBA, in some ways, needs a little bit of that baseball unwritten rule stuff, mm. you know, where, like, you know, and in some ways, this Warrior thing kind of started with that. Again, it started with the issue, the, the game before, with Edwards and Draymond going back and forth. So, in the first box out, I think Jaden McDaniels, who's, you know, 170 pounds, yeah. but I think he tried <laughs> to kind of send a message a little bit, and he, you know, he checks uh, yeah. Clay Thompson, right. and that kind of starts this whole thing, but as we saw, you know, when it came to real fisticuffs, Nobody on the Tim Wolfson yeah. seemed to want to do anything remotely. Important.
1: Think about the Knicks heat. That got so heated that little Jeff Van Gundy bit Alonzo Morning in the leg or something. I mean that is
4: or something.
1: Was uh, hanging on. Oh no, I'm sorry. Danny Ainge bit Tree Rollins. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Or did Jeff Tree Van Rollins bite Danny Ainge? Like back Alonso in the day. Moins. Oh, he was hanging on right. Yeah. But you guys remember Tree Rollins <laughs> and Danny Ainge fight. That was the Do Ainge? You?
3: Sometimes yeah. Perloff makes me think that I was like blacked I've, out for stuff. I'm
1: like, <laughs> no. I mean I got
5: confused. The the fights look similar.
3: <laughs> do you
5: know like, the Tree line? I don't, actually. I know who each individual person is, but I don't know that they fought.
3: <laughs> tree Rollins, a player coach. 855-212-4CBS. Don't see that much anymore, right? 855-212-4CBS. Uh, okay. Got a lot to do. Bogish thank you. Deshaun Watson, now done for the season. Shoulder surgery. Just more bad luck for the Browns. This, this is tough. Uh, great defense. Uh, is The season lost. Uh, who knows? We got that. We have the great debate series going on today. The greatest game winners of all time. Send us your walk-offs, your buzzer beaters, your memorable moments. We get back to it next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: You. A little Triple H for you. I'm giving you some pro wrestling theme music because Draymond Green looked like he was in the squared circle last night, but it was real life. Putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold in a dust up. A lot going on today. We've been talking about the Draymond Green, uh, the fight last night between the Warriors and the Timberwolves. We've been talking about Deshaun Watson Perloff. Uh, season-ending shoulder surgery for the Browns quarterback. It turns out after the game he had MRI for a high ankle sprain, which he has, but also had already been dealing with some discomfort, and then a play in the first half that didn't say which one uh, basically broke a bone in his shoulder, even though he played the whole second half and was brilliant in the second half.
1: Yeah, this hurts so much because they've Beat Baltimore, we're in great position, have the easiest schedule in the AFC North. Um, now, what do they do? They screwed this up a few weeks ago. Well, they screwed up several times. They let Josh Dobbs go as his backup. Was that one of those situations where the starter didn't want a certain backup there? Because they traded him for a fifth-round pick. Did they really need to do that to have, what, P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a rookie, out of UCLA?
3: Wait, do you think Deshaun Watson was threatened by Josh Dobbs?
1: I just don't know why you got rid of Josh Dobbs. Why did you not have it? I mean, do, Watson's been hurt on and off. Why didn't you not have a veteran back?
3: Well, then? I think they saw Dorian Thompson-Robinson played a little bit in the preseason and looked pretty good, and I thought that's what it was. I didn't think that it was really? because Deshaun's got a $230 million contract. Why would he ever be threatened by Josh Dobbs, the past or not?
1: I, I don't know. I have no idea. I just can't understand why with the injuries, especially when he hurt his shoulder early in the season. I know they brought in P.J. Walker, and I guess that's enough, but I think they're going to regret this. I do regret not making a move earlier in the uh, right around the trade deadline. They should have brought in Jacoby Brissett back. Do something.
3: 855 We've also been doing the great debate series, which we do on Wednesdays today. The greatest game winners of all time. Walk-offs, buzzer beaters, whatever you got. Isaiah is in Boise. Good morning, Isaiah. I think I know where you're going with this one.
4: Yeah, I got to go with uh, the... The one that puts us on the map in the college, college football history, you know, with the Ian Johnson um, Statue of Liberty play. There was two other plays that set that up: the Tyler Shoemaker touchdown from uh, Vinnie
5: Peretta, and also the
4: hook and ladder in, to end regulation for the for the for the tie uh, for the Gerard Rapp touchdown. You know those for us here are 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 infamous and what put us on the map and where we're still thriving to be. And as of late, as just Andy
1: Avalos' soul still looming over the stadium, (laughs) you know, around here.
3: Well, Isaiah, we want to play the. the, So we've got, you you mentioned that game, 2007 Fiesta Bowl. Isaiah, thank you for the call. So incredible. The hook and lateral. And then, of course, we've got the two point conversion, the Statue of Liberty.
2: With some type of run pass option going to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won.
3: Chris Peterson, all-time gutsy call, beats the Sooners, craziness. Let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! Yeah, he the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Today's shot of the day, a little snapshot of the show. We were shocked to learn that Perloff could have been at two all-time great game-winning moments and chose not to be.
1: I also had tickets to the Chris Jenkins game and did not go.
3: <gasps> what?
1: Oh, so, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. Well, we were down. I can't remember. That was in some huge stadium. I'm blanking where it was in 2016. The game before, Villanova beat Buddy Heald in Oklahoma by 100 points. And I was like, you know what? Villanova's going to kill him in the final. Again, I'm sorry. I don't even remember who they played with the buzzer. Beater. North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. I was so confident. It wasn't a great North Carolina team that I flew home because I could have stayed an extra day for Villanova. No, the, the later thing haunts me a little bit. It was at the Spectrum, the old Spectrum in Philadelphia. And I saw Grant Hill basically save Duke's season the game before against Connecticut, I think. Um, yeah, I screwed up. There's nothing else
3: <laughs> Wow. I don't... Wow. That's a rough one. <laughs> me coming in with a solid commentary.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know Christian Leiter was going to hit a last-second shot off of Grant Hill. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone had told me that, I would have gone. But uh, by the way, can someone research? I can't remember if Duke beat Seton Hall or UConn or both to get to that game.
3: We will do that research and we will do that have research. that for you. Now we've been talking about why great game winners don't have nicknames anymore. Mike is in Tucson, has one that's pretty recent. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. What do you have?
4: Mile High Miracle, one of the best AFC Championship games: the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning versus the elite Joe Flacco uh,
1: when the Ravens won the Super Bowl.
3: It was great. Mike, you're right. The Mile High Miracle. We said Minneapolis Miracle, but Proloff didn't love that one because... This is
1: a bunch of miracles. Music City Miracle, Mile High Miracle, Minneapolis Miracle.
3: Great plays. You're asking for great plays with good nicknames in the last 10 years. This is awesome. You guys were phenomenal on the phones. I'm sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Uh, So many great game winners. Thank you to EJ Stewart, to Carlos Ortiz. You guys were awesome grabbing these highlights. Thank you for that. To Andrew Bogish, to Andrew Kaplan, Weedos, Coffee Drinkers, everyone in the chats today. You guys were on point. We appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock
4: at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yeah,
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love.